Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Live. It's Monday, January the 2nd. You know what day it is. We'll come to that in a second. Just wish everybody a happy new year. I'm Tony Haggerty at A Haggerty 10 Twitter handle. And I'm joined today by at Sean Martin, TCW Sean Martin, and Aidan McDonald at Aidan C. McDonald Twitter handle. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to all the watchers, viewers, contributors. How are we doing? No bad, aye. Happy New Year, guys. Is Happy it, New Year, guys. Is it still recovering? Still recovering? <laughs> still recovering? <laughs> is it result dependent, boys? Is it? I think it will be, Tony. Aye. I think that's a fair okay. enough assessment. Aye. I'll just get this one in quickly as well. Happy New Year, old man. 74 the day, the old boy. So there you go. Got to say, happy birthday. Many happy returns. To feather. There we are now. Right, I'll just direct you. Our birthday present in the post, we would hope. Yeah, well, indeed. It's, uh, he's, he's, <laughs> Can't see Mr. A post the call, glue. He said many a wonderful new year and many a birthday ruined by these kind of things. <laughs> you know how it is. But yes, I'll just uh, direct you to the ticker tape running along the bottom. It's still the Merry Christmas festive deal that we've got going, and you can enjoy two deals. It's a pound for two months of full access to everything that's written on the website, or you can have 25% off the yearly price, which takes that down to a wonderful 26 quid, all for a touch of a button. You know what I'm going to say. Subscribe. Hit the button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Now, gentlemen... Start off on a sombre and a real sad note. The Celtic family lost Frank McGarvey yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody that saw Frank McGarvey when he spoke the last time and saw his reaction to the sad news, I think everybody knew what what was happening or were putting the picture then. But for myself, wonderful memories of watching Frank McGarvey growing up. He played alongside one of my early heroes at Celtic, Charlie Nicholas. And I, I think Charlie Nicholas was a standout player, but because of a lot of what Frank McGarvey did, Frank McGarvey made Charlie Nickers the player that he was, but Charlie Nickers was a, a gifted individual. But for those of you who are familiar with Frank McGarvey and followed his five years at Celtic, his numerous goals against Rangers, Sean, his winning goal in the 1985 Scottish Cup final where he just threw himself at the box and said he, said he was knackered. Uh, but a wonderful human being and even spoke to us. I think you put the link up to the article yesterday about the Ajax game 40 years ago and just a cracking fella. And I think every Celtic supporter has got wonderful memories of Frank and may he rest in peace and we send our condolences and sympathies to his family. Aye, uh, got to echo that, Tony. Can not really add to it? I think think that sums it up. Um, I did put up the, the link Pop obviously the news story that he had passed away yesterday, but then I, I decided to add on the first of all made Kevin McKenna's column from October when he, yeah. he learned that Frank was ill. Uh, he asked him to do his column for that week on Frank and, and what he's kind of called it the one of a kind Celtic love affair that Frank McGarvey had with Celtic. And I decided to put that as a homepage story yesterday just for as a week and a mark a, a tribute, but also posted a link because you spoke to him. He spoke to spoke to you for the website specifically. Uh, for a, for that feature a, a, about the Ajax game, and uh, you came away for that. I remember saying, "What a, what a guy! What what a conversation! All that kind, yeah, of, yeah. kind of stuff." So I thought, right, I'll post both of them up, and, and that can be a tribute. And we, we sent our condolences to uh, to Sean and, and the rest of his family as well. I would echo Arthur Munford's sentiments, Aidan, when Celtic played Sporting Lisbon, and they beat them five 0 and McGarvey's running through, and he said, 
chance for McGarvey. It's there, it's there. What a pass, what a goal, what a game. And I would put, what a man. Uh, Frank McGarvey was uh, some man and he was a, a wonderful goal scorer. He scored a lot of important goals for Celtic and one of only 30 players to have scored over 100 goals yep. for Celtic. So that tells you all you need to know about uh, Frank McGarvey's goal-scoring prowess, Aidan. Yeah, it just shows he's in this team to come to there, being part of that list. And they always seemed like a real character. No, nothing but good things to say about the club anytime he was interviewed and that. And yeah, it's a real shame. Just to echo what you both said, obviously condolences to his family and that. Indeed. So, Frank McGarvey, rest in peace. Yeah. Now, there's a small matter of association football being played today, gentlemen, at half past 12 in Down Govan Way. Rangers play Celtic, second derby of the season. Celtic won the first one, 4 0. Yep, there is a football match today, Jason Lee. is coming to that, indeed. Uh, well, first and foremost, I'll ask you, Sean, are you confident heading into this one? Um. Well, the, the the whole the whole cliche is it form goes out the window in derbies, doesn't yes. it? But it doesn't really. Not not really. Um, <laughs> and in that sense, Celtic. I mean, Rangers have found a wee bit of form, but Celtic are like the the team in form, the Premier team in Scottish football again. And uh, I don't see why you wouldn't be confident. The the lack of fa- away fans again uh, will yep. be a factor in, in some way. Where I know I'm supposed to call out, kind of had the rallying cry, but we heard them the, la- the last time. We'll hear them this time, and that will be true. But nonetheless, that well, this kind of I was going to say this petty tip for that, but it's not really tip for that. We made our, our opinion on it clear last year with the when we kind of debated whether they should have turned down the seven hundred and just said, listen, either get a cap and get the get the the normal allocations back or we'll just not bother. Um, so it's not really petty tip for that. It's, it is only one side that, that, that started it all. Um, but the fact that there's only seven hundred Celtic fans is is a is a blow. But nonetheless, when it comes to that team, I still I still feel that they will try and play their own football, regardless of the, the fact that the odds are against them in terms of the atmosphere. And when you look at the form, Celtic are the form team, as I say. Aidan, do you subscribe to that? Uh, yeah, similar to what Sean's saying. I mean, obviously, in terms of like predicting an exact result, I know we'll probably go on and do that in a wee bit. That's always, <laughs> always a challenge. But yeah... Celtic have been in a good run of form and I think they've started to sort of the first couple of games maybe back after the World Cup break were a wee bit not bad performance but maybe not exactly what the manager would want but the last two games have been a massive improvement you know they've won 18 out of 19 league games this season uh, pretty much domestically they've been relatively flawless except that's in one game so I think it's fine to have plenty of confidence going into this match a lot of the big players have been performing you know, Kyogo uh, seems to be back right in amongst the goals like that, etc. So, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously we'll have to wait and see, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having a bit of confidence going into this game. Sons of Scotland 67 says Celtic turn up, then they win. I'm, I'm a subscriber to that, that. I think the best team usually wins these games, mm-hmm. and I think Celtic at this moment in time are the best team because they are better players. And as Sean rightfully pointed out, they're the form team. So, yeah, I, I think there's a reasonable amount of Confidence among the Celtic supporters that they can go to Ibrooks and win decently. They're saying he foresees a very physical match. Yeah, I, I can see that myself. But guys, we and had the uh, Brian yeah. Roberts. Brian Roberts is making a good point, which is Rangers must win. Yeah, Celtic want to win, and mm-hmm. twelve points is a great gap to have. But Rangers need to win it. They need yeah. to do it. Um, and Brian thinks that he's not sure that they'll handle the pressure of having to do that. Well, 
Yeah, we, and we'll, we'll find out. And if they do happen to come at Celtic, then you know what Celtic are like. They're quick in the counter. They can you know, find spaces and holes and might well play into that kind of Celtic's hands, as they say. But, yeah, it's I don't know. I think... Uh, at the end, at the end of it, even if Celtic do lose, they're still six points ahead at the top of the Premiership table, which is still oh. a healthy lead. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but uh, I think it's a it's a decent Celtic position to be in heading to Ibrox for this game. You would have taken yeah. that at the start of the season, Aidan. Yeah, I mean we've mentioned sort of the last few weeks, even or even longer, like before the World Cup break, that the nine-point gap that was already in place. If that had been the case come the end of the season, you'd be absolutely delighted. Never mind. Well, at that point, it was November going into the break. So, yeah, it's they are Celtics in a really good position. I, I don't think it's getting carried away to say that. It's probably better than anybody would have been expecting. So, yeah, I, I think it's fine to have confidence going into the game today. We, we know it's going to be tough. It's probably the toughest game away from home you're really going to have, apart from when you go back there again. So, uh, domestically, that is. But, yeah, I, I think they're in a good position. Sean, I'm a no-half measures kind of guy. I'm no buying this. Uh, take a draw kind of school of thought I'm, I, I want to win I'm like the manager I just go and win no, is that what prompted that there? is that I, 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 I've seen a lot of <laughs> take a draw right now no I'm no I don't want a draw <laughs> I want Celtic to go there play their football and win and I think they're good enough to go there and play their football and win Aye, true. Uh, Beach Boys also pointing out that since they come back from the break, which is obviously the massive caveat that I never mentioned there, that this is only from the break, the four yes. games, four, four wins for each team, which is fair enough. But form extends beyond the four games since the break, I would argue. Um, yes. And more so, identity extends far beyond that. And yep. I think with a new manager having come in at Ibrooks, you could make an argument they don't have that identity yet. Celtic have that identity, and I'm a big... Uh, I'm a big believer in that. I mention this when it comes to an actual international tournament all the time, which I realise isn't club football, but it makes a massive, massive difference if when there's a pressurised situation, you know you've got an identity to fall back on, whereas maybe your opposition doesn't. Um, I'm actually intrigued by that that, that concept as well today. How, um, not so much how Ange Postecoglou sets up, because he's told us all before he's going to set up the same way. He's going to yeah. go to one, he's going to go to score, he's going to go to attack. Um Maybe personnel, as we'll come to, maybe be maybe a, a debating point. But I'm intrigued to see what Rangers do as well, especially Michael Beale's first derby. Um, he's done a lot of talking so far, guys. He, he, he seems he seems to like talking. Um, I think some of what he's been saying, you can tell he's a rookie manager. So I just I'm intrigued to see how that translates into what he actually tries to set his team up to do. And more so than anything else, at Ibrox, I want to see if he tries to set up to stop Celtic, which I think will be a, a massive blank if that is what it is. Indeed, he has done a lot of talking. Uh, that's that's fair enough. He's entitled to do a lot of talking, but that's kind of someone when I come and say this is a moment of truth and see what his team shapes mm. up to play with Celtic, and we'll, and we'll soon see. Now, Aidan and Sean and myself, we had the unenviable task of picking a predicted 11, didn't we? And uh, I think uh, Sean and myself were very pragmatic. Aye, 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 we were the exact same team, eh? And anyway, Aidan, you had a couple of, I wouldn't say curveballs, but you had a couple of, uh, not disagreements, but differences of opinion, let's say. Uh, with, uh, Sean we'll throw up myself. Aidan's first, shall we? Yeah, we'll throw up Aidan's, yeah. We'll, Aidan can talk us through it. 
Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> obviously went with a relatively similar team. There's a couple of differences like uh, you two both mentioned there. Obviously, I've put Juranovic mm-hmm. back in at right back. I just think the fact he was on the bench the other night, he must be fit enough to play because for all we could have known against Hibs, he could have picked up a knock in the first five, ten minutes and Juranovic would have had to come on and played. So he must be fine. Uh, I would like him in there. Obviously, it could potentially be his last game for Celtic or something along those lines. We don't know, but... I think he's a class act. He's, he's done well in derbies before. He also has been used to getting sort of thrown in a game at Ibrox. It happened last season. But I think that was his debut. He came in and played at left-back that day because Greg Taylor was injured. So he's got kind of experience of having to play at Ibrox as well when he's coming out of the cold. In terms of the midfield, obviously, McGregor would still have him at the six. I think that's probably the most obvious pick in the whole team, really, maybe apart from Joe Hart. Uh, in terms of the, the other two number eights in front of him, so I've put Hitati in, obviously moving him from right back back to his usual sort of midfield position. And the one that people might disagree with, but I've had Adam Moy ahead of Matt O'Reilly. I think Matt O'Reilly's been fine since the break. I know he's been getting a wee bit of criticism online, which I don't personally agree with, even though I've left him out of this uh, midfield three. But the reason I've got Moy is I think he's been really good, in particular the last two games. It wasn't even just because of his two goals the other night. Obviously, that did help, but it wasn't just because of that. I would have maybe had him in the team anyway because I think he's been playing really well. And I think I think this is the best spell he's had since he really came to Celtic, and I think it would be unfair to leave him out. In terms of my front three, obviously, I've got Kyogo. You know, he's been really good the last few games. Top goal scorer in the league this season. Scored a nice goal the other night, even though he wasn't involved too much. So I've got him in there. I've brought Jota back in, and I've put him on the right. Uh, I know Andrew said he had a stomach bug, but obviously he did come on and get some minutes against Hibs, so I'm going to assume that he's kind of fit and ready to go. And then I've got Maida on the left. There's just no way he couldn't play Maida. A bit like Moy's performance the other night was superb. So, yeah, it's a slight slight difference here and there, but overall I would say it's still a strong enough team that should be able to go out there and get a result. Sean, we... We disagreed, but we put the same team up, didn't we? The we disagreed, aye. Um, I think, uh, first of all, I don't actually disagree with the sentiment that Aidan said there. No, about no, 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 I, no, I do no, think no. he actually probably has earned it, but I don't think that, despite the fact that, especially on here the other day, there was a wee bit of dissent over whether Matt O'Reilly was off form or just not playing as yes. well as the other two midfielders. And I think it was the... I think it was the latter. I don't think he is off form in the sense that he's playing poorly. I think he's still playing well. I think he contributes a lot. And I just don't see, I just cannot see how he doesn't make the 11. Um, so therefore, to me, it was a choice between Hatate back in midfield or Moy. And I think he'll go with Hatate. Again, I just, I think uh, I would almost be punishing Hatate for being able to move out of position and play well uh, to then drop him from his actual position when, when the right back's ready to play again. It would be harsh on Moy, I don't disagree with that, but I do think that that's the first choice midfield. I've been saying it since pre-season. All three are fit. I don't see why you, you interrupt that just because Moy played a couple of good games well. Yep, I mean, that. I just think that's a tried and tested, experienced team, which you might need today, certainly to start the game and for the first 60, 65 minutes and hopefully the results go in your Celtic's way and then make these normal changes, but I uh, yeah I wrestle with my conscience over Moy or O'Reilly, but O'Reilly get the nod because he's a a more of a creative player for me, and I think mm-hmm. you'll need that at Ibrox. You need to go there and score and create. So, and I just think that also that's a that midfield. I just 
don't see it functioning without O'Reilly. Yeah, he might have been off it by his own very high standard mm. that he set the last game. But I'm not judging him on the last game. I'm judging him on what he's done so far. And I just think he, he merits an order. And yeah, you can make a case for Moy. You made a case for Moy. If it's Moy, I'm not going to be upset or too unhappy. But I just think those three in that midfield are, you know, they're solid. You know, Matt O'Reilly started the last 17 games in a row, Tony, um, including yeah. when he obviously had to deputise on McGregor at the, the kind of six position as well. Yeah. I just don't see him not making it 18. I think that would be exceedingly harsh. Um, yeah. But the other question, I suppose, and this could lead to all of us getting what we want in a way, really, like it would be Hatati, O'Reilly and Moy starting, would be if you do think that Juranovic, even though he was on the bench, um, maybe wasn't ready or isn't ready to start. I don't see why he would have been on the bench if he wasn't capable of starting. And uh, a couple of comments mentioning that he, he's been away and, and wasn't training and was at the World Cup. But the fact that he was at the World Cup and playing to me means that there's not quite that alarm as if it was a yeah. pre-season without a as if it was a competitive start of the season without a pre-season. It's not quite that level of panic, I don't think. Um, so I, I, I suspect the fact that he was on the bench was a wee a wee sign that he, he is okay to play. Um, yeah. Now that said, Ange Postecoglou is always capable of a selection curveball, Tony. <laughs> so if Hatati starts at right back or even Alistair Johnston, I'm not, I'm not going to be that shocked because uh, yeah. he has it in him to to throw a curveball. Um, but all but, things being equal, I think Juranovic, given that he was in that squad, I just think that means that he's going to start. Yeah, and also as well, I think what's quite all all of our selections is we've all gone with the same front three. Yep. Um, on that, Tony, there's a lot of love for Abada in the comments. So, I mean, Which I must we admit, said... I was tempted. I said this in my write up. Yeah. I've put the link to the write ups in the comments where we'll explain it probably far better than we do speaking. Um, but I, I just, you know what I'm like about Maida. I just think when it's a big game, he'll play. Um, but I also said at the end of last season, to me, he seemed custom built for a derby day, just with the, the way that yeah. he sets the tone and the and the, the pressing that he brings. Um, and then with the, the other flank, whether you think it's left or right, they, they, they've both started in both flanks at, at different points. But with the other flank, I kind of said in it that Forrest got a, a shout. Haxley yeah. before we found out that he was um, that, that, he, that he still had the, he's not had a shout, and Abada certainly had a shout. But on the other hand, I'm thinking to myself, how do you not play the most talented player in Scottish football for three games in a row? And I just don't think I don't think it happens. So happen. at that point, I've kind of backed myself into a corner and says, "Right, he's going to need to be Maeda, Kyogo and Jota." Then, um, and it just so happens that the two years agreed. Uh, now, David Ferguson, um, uh, wrong comment from him, but there was a comment <laughs> here. Uh, that was a comment saying, "Stay on till half twelve, so he doesn't need to do the ironing." Uh, <laughs> which is fair enough. Uh, aye, David Ferguson says Jota and Maeda are best on the left, so we can't see them both starting. Now he's got a point. Um, and actually, this season, Jota has started on the left more than the right. And, and but let's not forget that he has played in the right. He's played over a thousand minutes on right, the right wing for Celtic. Uh, and Alan Morrison, I keep going back to this when this comes up because I think people have deleted it from their brain that he played right wing. Um, yeah. Alan Morrison wrote a whole analysis on right or left, and basically the conclusion was at the time anyway. It might have changed since because he's played games more on the left since. Um, the conclusion was if you want Jota the goal-scoring winger than the left wing. If you want Jota, who's more maybe slightly more adept at creating for others, then start him on the right. 
So basically, you'll get something from him whether he starts on the left or the right, Tony. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I'm with you. I just think he's a, you know, you need to go to Ibrooks and score. He won the match. He's a creative player. He's capable of moments of magic. And I know Abada has got goals against Rangers and turns up against Rangers. So it literally is a toss of the coin for myself. But I just think Jota edges that slightly in Abada because I think his decision making is sometimes better than uh, Abada's. But I've Again, if a badder starts, then I won't be too perturbed because you'll have Jota to come on later on. But I would just like to see Jota start and uh, and see if they can get their noses in front and get into a comfortable position where they, you're then bringing on somebody like a badder to torment whoever it is again as he comes on. So that was my rationale behind that. Kyogo mm-hmm. stays in situ. And I think Maida showed the other night that he likes Maida, and he mentioned his work rate, and he mentioned the dirty work that uh, that uh, Maida does, the tracking back and the defensive part of his game. And that it's something that's not box office and maybe goes unnoticed by certain people that doesn't go unnoticed by Ange. Mm-hmm. You need all hands to the pump today in, certain, in, in those kind of terms, and I think that's why Maida always gets a nod for his work rate as well mm-hmm. as what he can bring offensively. And remember, if he if he starts, there's a good chance he's off after 60, 65 yeah. minutes and somebody like Abada has a 25 mm. minutes, half an hour run. Yeah. Um, whether it's on the left or right, if it's Abada, it'll be the right. And that could play into, as Chilpil said here, he's got previous for tormenting Borna Barisic, who would be 65 minutes into having faced Jota yeah. or Maida at that point. So it could actually work in Abada's yeah. favour. And he's coming on ready to go and Barisic has had to deal with either Maida or Jota or at some instances both. For uh, for 60 65 minutes at that point, and Doogie Boy's coming in here, Aiden saying he saw my post on Twitter about Abada, um, which was just in Premiership Glasgow Derbies. He's played five, one, three, he's only played 260 minutes, which is about 52 per game. So, again, he's not used to playing full games against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven shots, three goals, and an assist. So, nobody's nobody, everybody's right when they're saying Abada has previous, he does. Um, mm-hmm. whether that means he starts or not, Aiden, uh, obviously, we don't think he does, but. Were you tempted? Yeah, no, <clears throat> Abada was definitely somebody that I was tempted with. And just sort of all the players you've went through, that even, you know, Forrest and that, etc. Haxavan, which if it had been fit, it does show that on the flanks or even in the whole front three, Celtic are really spoiled for choice, which is a great position to be in. You know, there's probably been previous teams going to Ibrox where you're pretty confident you're front three, but behind that, you've maybe got one player, maybe two, a push you can come off the bench, but... Even with Haxabanovich, it looks like he'll probably be out injured for this game. Eh, there's still plenty of options there. And there's even Yakimakis as well to bring off the bench in terms of the front three. So yeah. I, I was definitely tempted with Abada because of his stats, even if he's uh, having games where he's been a wee bit quieter. I know against uh, oh, what was it, the Livingston match, for example, he was, you know, a couple of assists and, well, one of them was an own goal that he was involved in. Then he got a goal chopped off as well. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't think anybody would have any issues if a bad I did start. It's just based off the sort of last couple of games, how strong my aid has been, and the fact, like you said, Sean, Jota's probably not going to be left out for three games in a row. Tony, that we this comment from from Dougie play your Josh Akimakis to start, let him take the John Lundstrom lunges. I don't think it's going to happen. None of us think it's going to happen because we've all picked Kyogo. Kyogo's been in good form. He's been scoring. Yakimakis hasn't. Mm played all that well in his cameos when he's coming on as a sub the last couple of games. But nonetheless, when he has started, when he did start in a derby, he actually played really well, Tony, were you, 
we tend to at all is it just cold hard logic telling you there's no chance it's not Kyogo? It was cold hard logic that told me that. Normally, I would bang the Jackie Marcus drum because it's a physical con- contest, mm-hmm. and he, he's he's fared quite well uh, against Rangers in those situations. And also, remember, I think Kyogo's still looking for his first goal against Rangers, isn't he? I think both of them would be looking for their first goal against Rangers. Am I right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, the, the goals against Rangers have come from other sources uh, other than Kyogo and Jack and Marcus. So, hopefully, that changes today with Kyogo starting, obviously. But you're always tempted to throw Jack and Marcus into a competitive match like that, which you know is going to be a physical contest. But you say that there, cold hard logic dictated that Kyogo is on forum. What's he got? 15 goals in all competitions. So, you know, that's that's a decent return. And he's now back to where he, he's, he's kind of contributing a goal a game, isn't he? His last few. So, you know fine well if you get a chance, he'll score. And he's looking like the player of all the way. He's taking a couple of goals. The, you know, his near post runs against St. Johnston was the Kyogo of old, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So I don't think you'd like to upset that wee kind of rich vein of form that he's on goal-scoring form uh, by rotating him at this moment in time because I think he's got his eye on again and he's enjoying it. And I think it was Aidan that said maybe no played great against his, but he took his goal brilliantly well, didn't he? When yeah. the chance came, he took it. So, But I still think that he causes a lot of consternation in defences by making runs. It's just being able to pick him out, isn't it? Which is another reason why I play Jota. Because Jota is that kind of player who, and O'Reilly, who can see those runs sometimes and pick the pass. McGregor's another one, so that's why they always kind of get the nod in those situations. Uh, Andrew Gillia coming in saying Rangers will target McGregor, so Moy would be vital. I don't disagree with that. Whoever plays in that kind of, whether it's Hatati or Moy or O'Reilly further forward on the right hand side, they will be vital because they need to keep the possession. If they, if Rangers do as they did under Stephen Gerrard for a while, maybe put Ryan Kent as an attacking midfielder and kind of try and sit on uh, McGregor or even move Lundstrom forward and try and sit on him, which I think is probably a rational thing to do because McGregor is the, the, the kind of metronome, the one that makes everything flow through him. And he's also the one they look to if they're under pressure and it is a frenetic start. He's the one that they'll, they'll give the ball to, um, the Celtic players. But it's kind of been shown already and it's been shown at Highbrooks, remember, that whether they're targeting them or not, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be able to stop them. Um, yes. The start of that game, uh, it was the Rogic goal. Obviously, it was Rogic that, that ended up putting it in, wasn't it? But it owed everything to McGregor, that goal. And that was after a kind of frenetic start where you weren't sure they were actually going to remember to play their football. And he just went, no, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, so it's one thing saying that they'll target them. It's another thing actually pulling that off. Uh, especially with the form Carl McGregor's been in since he came back from injury, Tony. Yeah, indeed. Aidan, would you would you consider Yakimakis? Uh, I wouldn't have that much on issue with him starting. Like it wouldn't be somebody I would go on or you know we're not going to win today because Yakimakis is starting sort of thing. But yeah. I just think it's quite hard to leave Kyogo out with the the form he's been in, Tony. I know ne- neither of them have uh, scored in this fixture before, despite both of them probably putting in quite good performances. In particular, uh, when Sean was mentioning Yakimakis, Derby that he started last season. And I know he had to come off the bench early in the 4 0 game as well, because also Kyogo got injured. But I, I just think the prime example to me that Kyogo has got his eye right on the prize right now is the midweek game against Tibbs. He wasn't 
bad by any stretch, but I think mm. he would have himself is probably not been his strongest game. Even in this, we saw a mini run since football, since club footballs came back, but he still scored a brilliant goal. I think mm-hmm. that's when he's really at it. If you're not having your best game, but you can still pull off a piece of skill and a finish like that. So I just think he's, he's kind of get his eye on the prize too much to leave him out at the moment, to be honest. Tony, I still think that at a fundamental level, when you're going to be f- playing against, like, for instance, say Connor Goldson and and, and, um, and Davis are the two the two centre-backs, right? Mm-hmm. I would rather have Kyogo buzzing about, running in behind, dropping deep, confusing them, basically, uh, than necessarily having Yakimakis go and try and compete physically because I think that would almost be... They would rather that. Yeah, they like, would rather, like they would rather face the physical threat than the than the kind of cerebral threat that Kyogo brings if he's on form. Now the thing is, if he's not if he's not bringing it, you can always put Yakimakis on. Yes, yes. And my and my thoughts with that are that's why you need people that can connect with Kyogo, which is why Jota plays, McGregor plays, and O'Reilly plays mm. for me. That that's that's my rationale behind that because I still think that those guys can function. And if they're in tune with Kyogo and Kyogo's having one of those days, then yeah, you can get a bit of joy. And then, as you say, if it's not working, then you can just mix it up and throw the big centre forward on to rumble them up, as they say. But after being run about by Kyogo, I don't know if a big physical that's what you want for the other half an hour as well. So that there's all sorts of subplots and caveats to this game which could eventually take hold. And you mentioned the point that, yeah, They'll try and shackle McGregor. Of course, he'll try and shackle McGregor. He's mm-hmm. arguably Celtic's best player. <laughs> he just said, "No, that's not to say it's going to work, is it?" I mean, Celtic went one down back in April after three minutes, and it was McGregor's run mm-hmm. uh, that dragged Celtic back into the game. Forceful run into the box, then ended up second phase of play. They scored the equaliser from Rogic, and uh, you know, and then after that, McGregor was terrific. You know, everybody knows what McGregor can do, but you know. Seeing him and thinking, right, we need to stop him. Doing it's another thing, as you've rightfully pointed out. He's just a pivotal player in that team. And then again, if they do try and snuff out McGregor, that's when you're looking to the likes of Hatati and O'Reilly to say, right, he's getting shackled, close presence. It's up to us to be a wee bit more confident, take the ball and, and be the kind of creative forces and uh, outlet for, you know, Kyogo and as yeah. well as Jota to, to step up to the plate and say, all right, if that's one area of our game that's going to they're going to try and nullify, then so be it. We'll do it. And so I, I, I've got no qualms. Whatever team the manager picks, if it's more more like Aiden's team, I, I've got no. I don't say, oh no, 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 I shouldn't be doing that. I'm, I'm quite confident, and whatever eleven is picked, that they can go there and do a job. I think one of the commenters earlier said, if Celtic turn up, they win, and that I, I kind of believe that, but. The caveat to that is you have to turn up. Mm. Tony, Frank Brennan saying Glasgow derbies are, are to be won, not played, and so go out and do what's necessary to win it. Did February not show you that it can be both? Yeah, of course it did. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think a lot of... Aidan, there seems to be a lot of confidence about Celtic supporters on this one. seen a lot of wild predictions, score lines and stuff, but, you know... You have to be pragmatic. You you have to earn the right to win every game. But you sort of trust the manager and you trust the players to deliver what the manager keeps talking about, the brand of football. If Celtic bring the brand of football, I think they can be successful. 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I can understand to an extent why maybe some some of the score lines that have been thrown out they are that they are sorry because you know the last game was four 0 Understand that was at home, but in the sort of space of well twenty twenty two that we just came out of, there was two games in which Celtic scored you know three, three goals, sorry, then four goals and another against Rangers. Another was also a two one victory in there as well. So they've been scoring plenty of goals against Rangers really in uh, recent times. So I can understand why maybe people are throwing out scorelines like that. I, I, that will not be my prediction, I will say. I don't think I'll be throwing out I'll just uh, always try and uh, not wait to myself getting clipped up, to be honest. But I think uh, I can understand why fans are confident, given the league position as well. Nine points clear, as we've already mentioned. So, yeah, I I don't think there's anything wrong with going into these games feeling like the team are playing well because they are. It's not like they've been sort of huffing and puffing along just getting the odd goal here and there. The last couple of games in particular, the performance has been really good and really dominant. The Celtic scored four goals in each game, but both games could have been five, six or seven. So I can understand why fans are confident going into it. John, you agree with that? You understand the confidence where it comes from with it emanates from? Aye, of course, aye. Um... There's all I I don't see why not as as I said at the start Celtic are a form team uh, top of the league nine point lead one four nil in the last derby a new manager in across in, in the other dugout you never know how that's going to affect someone uh, I I don't see why I don't see why you shouldn't be confident obviously it comes with the the usual caveats of it's derby day all that kind of stuff but no I, I don't see why not so that's St Mirren blip is the only thing domestically to suggest anything other than yeah. Celtic are going to turn up and play well here or at least. Celtic are going to turn up and get the job done. Yeah, I don't disagree with your logic and your thinking behind that as well. I, as I said at the start of the programme, I do think this at this moment in time, Celtic have, are a better team and they have better players. And usually that's a, a telling factor in these kind of matches. Sorry, I had to check you. It was a Hagrid Tenen, not G. Jack Amakis there on the... <laughs> yes, indeed. But they are, aren't they? I, I think, don't think anybody could argue with that at this moment in time. I'm, I'm talking about at this moment in time. The Rangers will be uh, set up differently under Michael Beale. And again, we will wait and see how they try and play Celtic. Uh, mm-hmm. That tactical battle is one that's going to be uh, interesting for, for all to, to see. But I, I think there's a... And it's not... A, I would never be arrogant about uh, any kind of uh, derby fixer because you, you've got to, as I say, earn the right to win it. But I think there's a confidence in the way they sell, that Celtic are playing and the way the manager picks his team and the way the players go about their business. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it's never arrogance because you know you're in a game today, a, a massive game. And uh, as you pointed out, the need for the opposition to win is great. That is a pressure situation in itself, Aidan. How how do Rangers handle that? Celtic have been playing in pressure situations since Ange Postecoglou came in the door, and domestically they're reasonably adept at handling them. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you were to flip it and think if this was game was at a Parkhead, Celtic were nine points behind. You know, with no games to handle, anything, they very much had to win. How would you be feeling on that occasion? Regardless of how well you would be playing, you would be feeling a bit nervous because it's very much as a must-win game, which you don't really want on the 2nd of January. So our previous years and that would dictate that if you're hitting must-win games in the sort of start of the year when there's still like five, six months of the season left, it's maybe not looking that great. So I, I can understand 
uh, why why Celtic fans are confident because if it was all the way about and Celtic were in the situation that Rangers were in, I probably wouldn't be confident. So if I take that logic and apply it to what the, the, the club are thankfully in, we've been nine points clear, I can see why the sort of fans are feeling this way. But yeah, as I said, my scoreline will probably still be a slightly conservative my prediction. But. Sean, your scoreline be conservative, will it? Are we going for it now? Is that what we're we, doing? Are we want to do it? Um, Aiden, fancy it. You want to go first? Yeah, all right, I'll go first. So I've had a lot of thought about this over the last <laughs> few days. Uh, I'm going to go for Celtic to win 2-1. Uh, due the reason I think Rangers will score first they're at home, I'm sure they'll probably come out of the traps similar to how they, they did under Gerrard. I know they're not managed by deal, but there'll be similar sort of coaching aspects there, I would imagine. Celtic also haven't been keeping a lot of clean sheets this season, even in games when they've been dominant. You know, St Johnson being the decent example, they still concede their goal. So I would expect Rangers will probably score, but I'll go for Celtic to win 2 1. Sean? Uh, I actually agree with Aiden. That's what I was going to pick 2 1. Um, so is it going to be 3 1, Tony? Is it going to be 3 1? I'll, I'll, I'll do what I normally do and go 11 or 11 and I'll go 3 1. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Uh, Shell Paul agrees with you, so does Tia. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just think that yeah. if they bring their A game, which I've no reason to dispute that they won't, and I, I agree with Aiden, I think Rangers will score. Uh, and it would be, it could be a high scoring game, but yeah, I think I think Celtic have got the ammunition to to win. Yeah, I'll say three one, but it'll be a, it won't be an easy three one. It'll be a hard fought three one game if you get what I mean. So. Uh, Antonio's coming saying Celtic 3 far 1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's hope we're not having to sit here and talk about uh, VAR again because I'm don't. i sick of getting on iFab, Tony. Nah. I'm sick of getting on that website. Yeah, you uh, know, you can put it. You never know. It's, 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 been more, it's more likely than not given what's happened so far since VAR's come in, to be honest with you. But at least we're not spending the preview discussing what might happen mm. with VAR. We'll wait until it actually happens, I suppose. But <laughs> aye, it's. Uh, it's, it's more likely than not, probably, that I'm going to be on that, that IFAB site before the day's out. There's, there's every chance, yes, in, indeed, indeed. Yeah, but yeah, listen, uh, these are what they are. They're, they're uh, what was it? Jockstein once said only a fool would predict the outcome of a, a derby game, didn't he? But hey, let's let the three fools predict it then, eh? 2 1, 2 1, 3 1. There you Tony, go. Tony, I remember. I remember both of us actually referenced this, right? I'd done it last August when um, it was Postacoglu's first derby. And they, they played all right in spells and they missed a couple of good chances and it was just at the early stages of his kind of yeah. football starting to take hold and stuff. And I, I quoted Billy McNeil just saying about when Jock Steam was a manager, he used to kind of say it was just another game, but he knew it wasn't. He knew it was different. Uh, and that he knew there was a psychological barrier that had to be dismantled. Yeah. Now, Celtic weren't quite ready, was the point of my article at that point in August, uh, end of August uh, 2021, saying they weren't quite ready to dismantle that. Come February, you quoted the same kind of concept, and by God, did they smash that psychological barrier in February, right? And mm. since then, and I know they get put out in the cup, but that was a that was a, a game that, it was a coin flip game, that could have went either way, despite the narrative at the time that John Lundstrom was suddenly in Esther or something, it was a, it was a close game. Um, and there's been far more Celtic positives than Rangers positives since then, since that day that they, they smashed that psychological barrier in February. Sure. And for that reason, I just don't think it's got the same 
it's just not quite the same ask because they know they can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that's kind of where I wouldn't say it's overconfidence, but that, that's where the confidence comes from for me. That a I, lot of these players know they can do it. Ange Postecoglou knows he can do it. I actually think on the flip side of that, that's the psychological barrier that Rangers now need to yep. smash through, Aiden, mm-hmm. and that could be massive. And like you said, with Ange Postecoglou's first derby, Celtic weren't ready. I'm not sure that Rangers will be ready. Michael Beale's first derby could be wrong in that, but uh, that's that's my thought process in that, Aiden. No, I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there, Tony. And even in that game, I know it's probably been sort of discussed to death at this point that Celtic weren't that bad in that first game last season. They had the chances to get a draw or at least a win. So if, if they put in a similar performance but took their chances today as they did in that first game, then, you know, you wouldn't complain too much. That was just the only thing that was missing was finding the back of the net. But it, it's obviously, you know, this is Michael Beale's fifth game in charge, I think it is. So very early to be... So sort of in your competitive tenure playing a derby. So if even if he's got some of his ideas in place, it's probably going to be unlikely that everything's flowing exactly as he would like. So hopefully that's something Celtic can take advantage of. Tony, for me the, the tactical thing is, as I said, about the identity again. Yeah. If even if they just go one nil up, it's how they respond to that. Celtic have already shown if they go one 0 down the derby at Ibrooks that they will respond appropriately. Uh, if the opposite happens and Celtic go 1-0 up and there's 50-odd thousand or nearly 50-odd thousand uh, Rangers fans starting to get on their teams back because it's not quite working, will his ideas have taken root enough for them to continue doing what he wants them to do? I would hazard, I guess, probably not. Yeah, of course, of course. And I, I mean, listen, I, the game, as they say, will take care of itself, but I just think there's... It, you know, we pointed out various scenarios and thought processes behind it, why we think like that. I think both teams will be certainly up for it. Of course they'll be up for it. You cannot not be up for a derby match, but there is, a, as I said, lots of intriguing subplots and, uh, yeah, narratives to come from it. It's just going to be, uh, we hope that it's going to be enjoyable Enjoyable, but you know, make no mistake, Celtic are in for a a dog fight today. Aiden, I would, I would think. Back in the Glotland says as well, Aiden. He says this will be a fight today. No way they'll sit back conservatively like uh, Giovanni van Bronckhorst had them do. Yeah, it's going to be a a competitive game. That's why I've I've given the scoreline prediction that I did. I I don't think that it's going to be a sort of thrashing really like the last game was, which was a complete whitewash. To be honest. Uh, that was another one when I was mentioning earlier games that, you know, they were Celtic scored four goals, but it could have been a lot more. I don't think it's going to be quite like that today. It might be a bit similar to the, the not even just because of the scoreline, but the 2-1 game back uh, it, sort of near the end of last season when Carter Vickers scored. It could be quite a tight game that maybe at times Celtic are having to defend, but <clears throat> as that game showed in numerous other examples, they've been, Celtic's been there and done it in really all sorts of scenarios against Rangers under Ange Postecoglou whether it's the dominant performance or having to sort of fight to, to get a result. So that's why I can understand fans' confidence because they've shown they can adapt to a lot of situations against Rangers. And as Sean was mentioning, if Rangers do go 1-0 up early, I'd like to think the players and the management team won't panic because they've, they've had the experience of that before and they know they can come back from it. So They never yeah. do, do they? That's the thing, they never do. And I think that 
talk about barriers. I think that day in particular in April was a barrier that Celtic overcame by going one down so early at Ibrooks and everything going against them so early. But I think they were on level terms within four minutes. Even if it does look as if they're going to temporarily forget where their football is and stuff, it's usually McGregor that makes a... Yeah. He does something, whether it's a, a slalom and run, whether it's a pass, whether it's just talking to people, he tends to do something that, that kind of reminds yeah. them what they're meant to be doing in the first place, that kind of thing. Now, obviously, I broke that day, it worked out immediately, basically. Um, but I, I take your point, and, and again, I keep using that word identity, but I just yeah. think that's going to be a massive factor the day, uh, regardless of who actually takes the lead first. There'll be yeah. a question mark over the identity, and I just I trust Celtic more, just naturally because they're so far into, I'm supposed to call tenure. I just trust that their identity will, will see them through in a way that I don't think Michael Beals Rangers will. Fair enough. Well, that's nearly 45 minutes, gentlemen. Are we going the hour mark or are we? Um, <laughs> what else you want to talk about? That's the question. <laughs> I was really throwing that out there. Have we, have we had enough or we'll let you go and bite your nails in the next 90 minutes <laughs> awaiting kickoff? Yeah, if, I think the only one that's nervous from the comments I've read is Jason Lee. He's very nervous <laughs> about today and his various points. Yeah. Known through the through the comments saying he's nervous, but hey, Chelsea <laughs> will stay on. <laughs> there you go. David wants out of the island, doesn't he? I think well, so. Aye. We would be doing hammer turn. Uh, but hey, there, there you go. But no, I think we'll round it up there. We'll say happy new year to everybody. Yep. Result dependent, of course. Hope my dad's birthday's not ruined, please. <laughs> uh, there you go. But guys. Along the bottom, you can see the strap line. We've always got a deal for you, you know that. And the deal is, you can have two deals. It's for a festive deal. You can get 25% off the yearly subscription rate, which takes that down to 26 quid. Or you can enjoy two months of uh, access, total access to everything that's written on the, the website for just one pound. So take your pick. To all those who have subscribed, we thank you very much. We really yep. enjoy it, as you can see from today. Quite a lot of people tuning in and getting involved in the, the comment section because it's a Derby day and everybody's up for Derby day. Aidan and Sean, we're up early, we're discussing it. There's still an hour and a half to go. The nerves get frayed and shot, but hey, bring it on. Get the get the battle fever on, as people say. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wrong wrong podcast, Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, indeed. But no, everybody. Uh, Everybody enjoys Derby Day, don't they? They certainly enjoy the build-up to it and uh, yep. we see how it's going. But we'll enjoy, hopefully Celtic can go 12 points ahead, Sean. That'd be some lead to have, wouldn't it, yep. after today? Uh, yep, it'd be a fantastic lead, start of, the new, start of the new year. But, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to say other than enjoy your day. Hopefully it goes your team's way, obviously, and uh, stay safe more than anything else. But... Remember, if you're if you're sitting after the game, you're wondering where you want to go. Come on to the website. We'll have detailed Celtic player ratings on there. We'll have reaction, analysis, news, all that kind of stuff. And then, obviously, in the, in the next day or two, there'll be the the stats bomb data. There'll be the there'll be more analysis. There'll be opinion pieces. There'll be all sorts all sorts there for you. And there's been all sorts going on over the last few days to to tie into the new year as well. Um, so hopefully, you've been on seeing that. Brilliant. Well, guys, just. Hit the button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. 
subscribe for more of this and more of everything that you want to read on the pod. Aidan, thank you for your contribution. You look like a young man who's enjoyed yourself over the the New Year period there. Very quiet, Tony. You know me. Very quiet, (laughs) is it? Very quiet, yes, indeed. Sean, thank you as ever for your uh, contribution. Always appreciate it. Guys, thanks for the comments. Result dependent, isn't it? We'll reconvene and we'll dissect it all. And you can read it all on on the website as well. And you can come back tomorrow and we'll discuss it all over again.